Welcome to the Bible Study Tutor Podcast. My name is Jessica Hutton. I am the founder of the Bible Study Tutor and the host of the 24-7 with the Bible Study Tutor Podcast, which is our one-year Bible study challenge. Today, we are covering Matthew chapter 10 and 11. So I'm going to dive into it. Matthew 10 is Jesus' second major discourse in the Gospel account. It presents a pivotal moment in Jesus' ministry as he commissions the 12 apostles for their mission to proclaim the kingdom of heaven. Following the urgent call for more laborers in the preceding verses, that is Matthew 9, 35 through 38, Jesus designates the 12 specifically to reach the lost sheep of the house of Israel, reflecting the compassionate intent to address the spiritual needs of the Jewish people, at least at first. According to Thomas Constable, the apostles were to go specifically to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, a term that describes all the Jews. This designation highlights the needy character of the Jews. Jesus sent them to the Jews exclusively to do three things. They were to announce the appearance of a Jewish Messiah, announce a Jewish kingdom, and provide signs to Jews who required them as proof of their divine authority. Frank Stagg adds, had Jesus gone first to the Gentiles or Samaritans, the Jews would have had more excuse to reject him. Jesus not only went directly to the Jews, but he attacked the problem of discrimination or exclusiveness where he first met it within Judaism. And rejecting the superficial distinction between Pharisees and sinners, Jesus opened the way for the ultimate rejection of any real distinction between Jew and Greek. Matthew shows the beginnings of what later became a full mission to the Gentiles. He adds, before a gospel of mercy and grace is offered to pagans, it is first offered to Jews who are equally sinners, having no other hope. Jesus gives the disciples the authority to perform signs to validate their divine mission. However, Jesus forewarns them of the challenges that they will face, because of the prevailing low regard that people had for him and consequently the skepticism and low regard they would naturally have for his followers. In light of this, he imparts to them the directive to be wise as serpents and innocent as doves, urging discernment and prudence in their interactions. Moreover, Jesus underscores the gravity of discipleship, illustrating that following him may lead to familial discord and societal rejection. The emphasis on prioritizing Christ above personal relationships and even one's own life accentuates the sacrificial nature of true discipleship. And this sacrificial commitment is the promise of rewards, affirming the reciprocal relationship between those who receive and those who share the message. The subsequent verses 10, 8b to 10 encapsulate Jesus' instructions to the disciples, emphasizing the miraculous nature of their mission, the grace inherent in freely sharing spiritual gifts, and the simplicity and dependence on divine providence along their journey. And then continuing in Matthew 10, verses 11 through 14, Jesus instructs the disciples on discerning worthiness in their reception. Shaking off dust symbolizes a solemn declaration of judgment against those who reject the kingdom message. This severe warning regarding judgment exceeded that of Sodom and Gomorrah, which underscores the gravity of rejecting the message that was presented by Jesus' kingdom messengers. In Matthew 11, Jesus addresses unbelief and its implications, responding to John the Baptist's disciples and rebuking cities for their lack of repentance. The narrative unfolds with John's disciples seeking confirmation about Jesus' messianic identity while John is still in prison. In response, Jesus points to his signs and emphasizes the blessing of those who are not offended by the nature of his ministry. Jesus then shifted his focus to John the Baptist. Looking at the crowds upon him, he acknowledged that John was more than a prophet because John was the forerunner who prepared the way for the Messiah. He wanted the crowd to know that John's question was not a reflection of a character flaw, but basically it reflected his misunderstanding about what the Messiah's ministry would look like. And then building upon this, Jesus discussed the inconsistency of the people who rejected both him and John. He likened them to children who could not be pleased. Criticizing John for his asceticism, 
saying that he was demonically possessed and criticizing Jesus hanging out with tax collectors and sinners and accusing him of drunkenness and gluttony, they couldn't be pleased either way. So Jesus rebuked them for that because they found fault in everything that Jesus and John did, which demonstrated their lack of understanding about the Messiah and their lack of faith. The narrative takes a somber turn in Matthew 11, 20 through 24, where Jesus rebukes cities for their lack of repentance despite witnessing his miracles. Thomas Constable explains, the Greek word for reprimand and denounce is a strong word that conveys deep indignation. Jesus did not denounce these cities because they actively opposed his ministry. He did so, Constable says, because the residents refused to repent in spite of the many miracles that Jesus and his disciples had performed there. Jesus then contrasts their unbelief with hypothetical repentance of Tyre, Sidon, and even Sodom, which highlighted the severity of the judgment awaiting the cities that rejected him. For more information about Tyre and Sidon, read Isaiah 23, Ezekiel 26 through 28, Amos 1 verses 9 through 10, Joel 3 and 4, and Zechariah 9, 2 through 4. For information about Sodom, read Genesis 19, 24 through 29. Jesus addresses the unresponsiveness of certain cities to his miracles, linking their lack of repentance to divine judgment. This theme underscores the importance of repentance, which is a central aspect of responding to God's message. It aligns with the broader biblical narrative of the prophetic call to turn back to God in the face of divine revelation. Essentially, Jesus communicated that his signs validated his claims and the people should have responded with a repentant heart. Instead, they refused to repent despite witnessing Jesus' many miracles. Their refusal to repent reveals that they are more wicked than the people of Tyre, Sidon, and Gomorrah. Their eschatological judgment would entail terrifying punishment. The passage concludes with Jesus expressing gratitude to the Father for revealing himself to those with childlike faith. In contrast to earlier rebukes for childish dissatisfaction, Jesus now commends those who approach him with humility and receptivity. Divine revelation is emphasized as sovereign and not dependent on human wisdom, echoing the notion that simple trust in Jesus, not intellectual prowess, leads to an understanding of God's kingdom. Jesus then invites those who are burdened and heavy laden to find rest by taking his yoke upon them. This invitation encapsulates the essence of discipleship, following, serving, and learning from him. The gentle and humble nature of Jesus contrasts with the burdensome expectations imposed by legalistic perspectives, offering a path to rest for those who trust in him. Matthew 11 presents a comprehensive discourse where Jesus addresses unbelief, defends John the Baptist's ministry, critiques the inconsistency of rejection, and rebukes cities for their refusal to repent. The narrative underscores the significance of divine revelation, the consequences of unbelief, and an invitation to find rest through discipleship in Jesus Christ.